right, everyone. Welcome back to Chopping with Screw. Got a special episode here for you guys. I uh, have the most successful person I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes by the name of Ariel. Yes. Ariel, go ahead and introduce Stop. yourself a little bit. Hey, I'm Ariel. Um, I guess I'm also known by Atari Lex on Instagram. You know what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you want me to give you a rundown of like who I am, what I do? Oh, or... most absolutely. I'm not used to this, honestly. I'm used to like the other way around. So I kind of feel like scared to talk you know, about the, myself. The heat is under you right now. I know my armpits are sweating. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I mean, the best way I can explain myself is uh, I sing, I write, I dance. Um, I always tell people uh, when I dance, you see my heart. When I sing, you hear my heart. And when I write, you're reading my heart. So that's kind of a synopsis of me. I mean, yeah, you're a very talented artist, um, Thank you. but you're also a very, very, I would say, business-minded person. Thank you. I'd like to think I would, so I would say that. Entrepreneur. There you go. I like there that. There we go. I yes. I like that. Yes. Entrepreneuring the entre. I just made that up right now. No, I like it. I like it. You can take credit for it. It's fine. No, it's okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, no, I love business. Um, I think business is probably a great combination of um, construction and creativeness. And so, I love it. I mean, the best way I can explain that is like if you can balance out um, being the the ruler, um, the ruler like, you know, when you're measuring things and the the scissors, the glue, but then you can also be the paint and you can also be the decorations and the frames on the wall. I mean, mm -hmm. nothing can stop you if you can balance out both. And I feel like that's huge. I've always only been able to balance that colorful side, you know, and then I, I learned that in order to control things a little bit more, you can't control everything, but in order to be, I think, more of an asset to yourself, you have to be able to be that double-edged sword of like, I'm not only just colorful. I can I can fuck shit up in a good way where I can build something and I can tear it down. Yeah, you know super I mean? diverse. Exactly. I yes. like it. Yeah. But I want to touch about, I want to touch a little bit about your book. Okay. So your book is called... The Diary You Never Wrote. The Diary You Never Wrote. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So talk us through a little bit on how that came to be, like how from just a little quick rundown of how it started and okay. how it is going right now. OK, how it started. Um, it started on WordPress. Uh, it WordPress like came about to me when I was, I think, maybe 19 or 20. Um, just a quick rundown. I come from a Hispanic family. It was like a big deal that I had moved across country because, um, you know, typically Hispanic women, especially, they don't really move out unless like, you know, you're married and all that good stuff. And so I moved to Florida and um, uh, hell kind of broke loose. Uh, freedom came at me like a bullet and I was, I was riding it, you know, and I would have to say that I messed up a lot of things on my own writing that bullet. And it went to a situation where I couldn't talk to anybody about it because there was just too much, you know? And so I started learning about this red WordPress and all that good stuff and where you can just write and everything like that. And so I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna just write everything that I'm feeling. But I wrote it all kind of like in hypothetical analogies where I wouldn't name anybody. Um, I wouldn't, you know, label anything. It was just more like I was spilling my heart in third person. And um, all of a sudden, I just started getting, you know, feedback on it and people were, you know, reading it, which I was like, I don't even know how you guys are finding this because WordPress was so new. So I was like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, and seeing, you know, people just basically 
DM me and spill their heart out. And they don't even, some of them didn't even know me. It was just, I felt extremely special because here I am thinking like, you know, here's my heart, everyone. Um, And then to know that someone's willing to trust me off of something I posted, it was just, I felt really honored, you know, because it's really hard to speak to people. And um, after that, I was like, you know what, let's, let's turn this shit into a book. But it took me forever. It took me like two years to like actually put it like, on an actual book bind and everything like that. And um, I I love Edgar Allan Poe, which I'm sure everyone knows about him. But what people don't realize is that when he first started writing his publications, he was... Um, he was only getting paid cents and he would write um, every single week, kind of how like shows are today where it's like, oh, every Tuesday, you know, watch this show on NBC, whatever the case is. That's how his was, his books were, but on the newspaper and it was on the left-hand column. So every other day or every Tuesday on the mark, the next page or the next chapter was published. And so that's how people would read Edgar Allan Poe. And so I was like, yo, what if I, you know, do it like that? And so pretty much from there, it just spiraled. And then I just pasted mm-hmm. that into a book and- I got brave enough to sell it. And it was the scariest, most amazing thing I've ever did in my life. I'm going to take something that you said. You said people are willing to pour their hearts out to you because of this, of this like diary you wrote, right? I feel like that it's true to real life because I've been in that position where, you know, some somebody has opened up to you, just a random person opens up to you and you kind of feel comfortable with that person because, you know, you understand that they took the time, like for you, you wrote it down, you took the time to write it down, took the time to, you know, put it on on WordPress. And, you know, it's something so raw and so real to you that somebody's comfortable doing the same for right, you. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that was maybe one of the things that kind of pushed me to, to write it is that I didn't want I didn't want to be ashamed of the truth that I I hated admitting to myself. And the only way that I can no longer be ashamed of it is if I give it out to the world and make it an opportunity for somebody else to shame me. And in return, they didn't, Mm. you know, and I feel like that's the only way that you can. It's kind of like, you know, the truth will set you free. You know, it's in scripture, but people say it too, like all the time. The truth will set you free, but it's so true. And if you can be honest with yourself, then it doesn't matter if someone ends up shaming you because it doesn't matter. You already released it. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't, you're done with it. You already know the truth about yourself. So how could someone insult you about something you already know? Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like how Eminem, he came out and everybody thought they were going to rap battle him, but then Mm -hmm. he rap battled on himself pretty much. (laughs) It's literally, you're like, you you know, you got to take it. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's what also, it helps shapes us and it helps us kind of own that, that true form of forgiveness because it's like when you can own it, it's nothing else can hurt you. I mean, the past will still hurt on its own, but you know, you get more of that understanding for yourself. Absolutely. I feel like your decisions in the past, not, I mean, it does affect you long-term and courses of how you move after that. But I feel you have the opportunity to move, move forward from those things and learn and appreciate the things that you've gone through and kind of, you know, for me, I take the, my past experiences and, you know, show everybody else, you know, this happens when, you know, you right, do this. Right. You know what I'm yeah. Yeah. I think to be entirely honest. So there's days where I wake up and, you know, I see my daughter and like, I'll be real. Like sometimes I get so scared. You know what I mean? Because it's like that little, um, I don't know if it's like conviction or like just fear. It's like the insecurities from your mistakes, right? Start creeping in, you know? And I look at my daughter and I'll like, I'll sometimes get so emotional. I'm like, oh my God, no, like, I don't want her to go through like whatever it is that I went through. You know what I mean? And, but then like this um, clarity starts rushing over me where it's like, 
But I'm so happy that I was able to go through it and I'm able to use that for her. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you can't use your own pain for other people, then use it for the people that you love. Because it's like, I feel like, you know, I feel like my parents did a a great job raising me, but I think they were too scared. They were too scared of what they went through. And granted, it's a whole new generational change. You know what I mean? Like that old school traditional thing that's different. But I think they were so scared that, you know, they didn't know how to be open as well. You know, like my mom was open about a lot of things. Like, you know, she flat out told me my dad went to prison. You know, like that was like, she told me exactly what it was. She didn't say school. She didn't say, you know, he's working. No, she flat out was like, Mm -hmm. he's gone. This is what he did. He went to prison. But when it came to something that really mattered to her, like my virginity, right? She was so afraid of that because she got pregnant at 15. So it's like talking about sex with her was like, no, 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 no. Like, we're not going to talk about sex because you're not going to do it. And that's it, you know? And so... I felt like I was kind of like, if I had a crush on somebody, I was afraid to even tell my mom because I'm like, yo, she's going to think I'm going to have sex because I like this guy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't tell her, like, you know, and so it's like, and I know she had her interest, you know, for Mm -hmm. me, but I I don't want to be that scared with my daughter. I don't want to be, I don't want to punish her for something that's a natural instinct. It's good for you to crush on somebody. It's good for you to feel butterflies. It's good if he's standing behind you in line and you're getting nervous. That's a good feeling. You know what I mean? That's that attraction that is built in us naturally. Like I, like, I don't want her to be afraid of that because then curiosity kills the cat. Absolutely. And then she'll be more open to you. Exactly. Rather than the wrong person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's why, you know, just, I guess, revering back to, you know, what I was saying, where I look at her and I'm like, at the end of the day, I get thankful because I'm like, I want to be able to provide that relationship with her where it's like, she could literally tell me anything. And it's, I'm sure some of the shit's going to hurt, you know, because that's my daughter. But at the same time, I want to be able to tell her how it won't hurt her too much. You know what I mean? The way Mm -hmm. it hurt me because I was just, too fucking big headed. I just went for it, you know? And so I guess that's where it kind of, it pays off to kind of go through some shit. So if you haven't been through anything, you should go like get into some bullshit. No, yeah, I'm just, just kidding. Just for funs and giggles. And then, <laughs> yeah, just go fuck up your life a little bit and, you know, be able to give people life lessons. Yeah. There you go. I love that. So how, how's it life after the book now? Now that it's been published, it's been s- selling. And so yeah. you got your own clothing, your own shirts, right? Um, I got little shirts that go with the book. Just like, they're like little little accents, you know what I mean? Just little stuff that people like. Um, I added a journal to it. It's just more so of like, I'm encouraging people to create their own diary that they never wrote. And I put little love notes in every other page just to kind of keep them encouraged and uplift them as they're writing. Um, right now, I'm actually in the process of uploading it onto Amazon just because I kind of want to put it on cruise control where I not ignore it, but kind of just let it do its thing um, because I'm currently in the process of writing another book. So I'm going to, that's where I mean, like I'm press cruise control and mm-hmm. however it does and whatever it wants to do, that's cool. It's fine with it, but I want to focus on this next book. So next book. So tell us something else you've been working on since then. Oh, a handful of things. So for one, the next book, um, it's called stage four. Um, and that one I'm super, super excited for. It's in dedication of my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up uh, getting, we ended up finding out that he had cancer and he was at stage four. And that was like maybe 10 years ago. So he's a walking miracle. So he's still here today. But his story is really interesting because um, oh, that man, he's a street man. You know what I mean? He's the kind of guy where it's like, if you're in trouble, you don't want to tell him because 
you know, he's going to fix it a little too well. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 don't tell him. <laughs> no, 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 don't tell him that this person was mean to me because so, but he's the biggest heart. And um, I guess my thing is, uh, we're just going to put a message out there that doesn't matter, you know, the ugly decisions that you've made in life. It doesn't matter uh, the streets that you've been on. Um, you know, God's always working in you. You know what I mean? And if anything is true is, you know, if we're looking at, you know, bad people, he technically shouldn't be alive right now, you know, and and he is. And I feel like people need to hear his story because he's, he's a scary looking dude with the biggest, most beautiful intentions. And yeah. so, um, so I'm excited about that one because I feel like that's going to hit a different demographic. I think the diary you never wrote was a little bit more feminine. And I feel like this one's going to be a little bit more ma- like not masculine, but more towards the men. You know what I mean? There's, there's drugs involved, there's violence, there's, you know, there's sex, there's, I mean, there was sex in mind, but there's like, you know, that sex that yeah. men like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, so that rugged, like, exactly the rugged, know. just uh, the stuff that I don't even agree with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm really excited about that one because um, it's going to be a totally different, a totally different chapter for me. Um, but I just, I just really want to um, put a story out there because I think a lot of people need to hear that story. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, but well, it sounds great. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Yes. Reading it, yes. and uh, so tell us something else. Okay. I know you got something working. Okay, so, so I know you have your. Uh, bakery stuff right so you oh mixed yes bakes. yes i have mixed bakes um right now we're doing a lot of like holiday themed stuff holiday theme orders um we do still like the same the menu from the past but um right now like we're doing little cookie kits um low-key excited for the 420 cookie kits because those are going to be shaped in like marijuana and like bongs and pipes i don't even know if i'm allowed to say that but no, i'm like fine. Oh, okay it's, i'm like everything goes i don't even know but i think it's gonna be super cute i mean i personally don't smoke but you know i'm just yeah. like whatever it's so cute and so we're doing that and um but yeah i mean i'm hoping at some point we can end up doing like a little um how do you say it in english like the little carts a uh, little uh, trailer like yeah like, like little... the little mobile guys um because i think those are super cute too like just decking them out um we're doing that i'm Currently, this is like my heart right here that I'm like in the process of. Um, we started shopping seriously for a studio and um, I'm so excited. I'm like, this has been my dream ever since I was a little mm-hmm. girl. I mean, I've been dancing and singing since I was younger. And like, I think I started at three. I was doing African Jamaican dancing. And from there, I just never stopped. I ended up doing hip hop Um I danced ballroom professionally. And so now it's time for me to make my own home and share it with people. And so that's amazing. Yeah. So we're, thank you. So we're thinking, um, should it all go well? I was saying that it would be super dope to have the opening day for my birthday, which is September 22nd. Oh, and you first. Uh, yes. So no, literally you're hearing it first. Literally. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should I release no. this, if I'm leaking this. Hey, manager, is yes. it okay? Exactly. You, 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 Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's, that's what we're working on right now. And um, I'm just really excited because, you know, I care about all my projects, but being able to create like an actual home front, like Mm -hmm. a home and being able to um, like influence in my way of being creative is just, I don't know. It's I'm like, words don't explain how that makes me feel. I mean, it's, no, I, I definitely understand because I have a vision of, you know, for me, I love coffee. You know, I love, you know, pursuing like creative ideas and stuff right. like that. So I have a vision of owning my own like 
coffee shop or any creative way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where someone can actually come in, you know, express out the creative, whether it's painting, music, having like a music studio. Yeah. Um, you know, computerizing, whatever that art is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my goal, like later on in life. You yeah. know, I'll mm-hmm. I'll work on it, you know. Right. I, I do my research. But that's something that, you know, that comes from me. You know, I love coffee. I love helping people be creative. Mm-hmm. Yes, know? yes, that's me too. I love mm-hmm. being able to tap into people's hearts. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing about the the industry within itself. The entertainment industry as like an overall spectrum, when you strip away the um, the materialistic part of the industry, right? And you are just dealing with the artists themselves, okay? It is such a vulnerable state. It's at any given point, it's a it's a teeter-totter, you know? And this artist could literally make it or break it within their next project because they're literally speaking from their heart. This is talking about artists that do what they love to do, not they just want to do it for hype. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're le- like they're putting everything into this. You know, it's such a different vulnerability and it's such a different nakedness. And if you can be a part of that and if you can be a part of the constructive part of it, not only just the color from earlier, remember, <laughs> um, but if you can be a part of that whole process, it's just, you know, it's an honor. I think it's your liter- it's kind of like it's obviously not like watching your baby grow up, but it's kind of like watching your baby grow up because you can sit there and you can be like, I seriously saw this from a transition of where if anybody were to see it, they would be like, this person's trash or this person's mm-hmm. not going to make it. This person's going to give up. This person's going to quit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then to see them in that area of like, they're expressing themselves the way you've helped them express themselves. I mean, there's nothing better than that. There's no other way of Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. that that yep. itself, seeing them perform or seeing them paint or seeing them mm-hmm. like produce that is their way of like, thank you. And it's just like, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's kind of, it, it's, I think it all ties into being an um, entrepreneur because you tie everything together. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you use your resources to put two and two together as a puzzle. And, you know, I want to do that because, you know, it's really fulfilling for me to be able to help somebody out in what they want to do. You right. know, some people don't have the resources to do it. Well, you know what? Let me, you know, I got the resource. You know, mm-hmm. I'll help you out. Let's yes. do it together, you know? Yes. I think that's so big. So I feel like that's another thing too is like, you know, too many people don't, too many people say like, you know, they don't want to be used or whatever. But I think that's a bigger sense of sense of confidence when you want to be used. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I tell people that all the time is like, don't be afraid to be used because that's a compliment if you are known as a resource. There's a difference of being taken advantage of. Okay, don't be taken advantage of, but don't be afraid to show how you made it to a certain point. Don't be afraid to influence how you did something. If you can show them how to do it easier or show them how to get more quality out of something or show them how to, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, don't be afraid to give them that information because even if they produce something a little bit quicker than you, it's okay because they're not going to produce it just like you. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so much more encouraging to continue doing something, you know, it's because nobody can do it like you. I know that sounds silly, but it's so true. You know what I mean? There's so many singers out there, so many rappers, so many dancers, and they all can be super good and they can all come from the same instructor, but they'll do it all differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've always found that so interesting, you know, coming from a dance studio and I've, that's, that was literally the dance studio that I went to my whole life until I moved. Um, it was so dope to see that we all pretty much had 
the competitive students had the same instructor for the most part. You know what I mean? Because he knew how to give us competitive routines. And every now and then you would see a couple lineups where they were all almost the same. But you never, you could never tell seeing us dance it because we all did it differently. Yeah. So it wasn't like I could get mad like, oh, he gave her this ba ba ba. Oh, why he gave her that spin? Because mm-hmm. I can guarantee you she will do it completely different than I will. Yeah, and that's just cre- your creativeness coming out. Exactly. Exactly. So like, so like if a, a podcast, you know, everybody can do a podcast. Right. And I encourage everybody to do a podcast, but, you know, do your own flavor, throw your own seasoning on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, literally, because it's like, uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you heard this, but it's um, probably going to butcher it. But essentially all music has been taken from music that has already been produced. Right. And so it's like, yeah. And so it's like when people say, you know, oh, that sounds just like this or, oh, they sampled this from that. It's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one, it's a compliment Two, the biggest, the biggest um, challenge I think is when you do that, how are you going to make it your own? And I think that's the funnest part. You know what I mean? So it's like, we could have 10 podcasts that the objective is the same, but the people that speak on it are going to have a different twang. And you're not going to have the same um, audience for each of them. You know what I mean? There's going to be different audience. And it could be because this podcast doesn't cuss or that podcast only has guys or that podcast only has girls, but they're all talking about the fucking color blue. You know what I mean? It's like, so it definitely, it shouldn't discourage anybody to do something out there. My, I have a coach. I have so many coaches. I'm like, I got a coach for happiness. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But um, I have a vocal coach and um, he always gives me like just word of wisdom and like just, you know, fun facts that low key are like mind blowing. And he said, um, this is when I was in the process of auditioning for something. And um, he's, because I told him, I was like, look, like I'm nervous and I get, sometimes when I get nervous, like it, it fucks up my, my, my performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could do, it could hit or miss. Either I could be so damn nervous that I just, I outshine the whole thing. And sometimes I could be so nervous that I fuck it up, you know? And so he sat me down and he goes, look, he says, all you have to do is sell to 1% of the world and you will, and you will outsell Michael Jackson. Hmm. Yes. Is it sitting with you right now? It's soaking in right now. It's you just have to attract one percent, one percent of the world, and you will sell more records than Michael Jackson. Hmm. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I was it, like, right, and like instantly, I was like, yo, I fucking got this. I was like, I'm gonna sing my ass off, like no, you know, moonwalk my yes, ass out there. Exactly. Yes, I was just like, yo, like that's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. It's so encouraging when you hear things like that, but I feel like people are afraid to tell people stuff like that because it's like, well, we don't want to get them too too confident. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, like only 1% of the world. That means everybody could have 1% of everybody. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Like, so it's like when you hear stuff like that, it's like your, your whole spectrum of things just changes where you're just like, I could do it. Like I knew I could do it before, but now it's like, it'd be dumb if I didn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I feel about this. You know, my audience is still pretty fairly small. But, you know, if I can get a percentage of the people that I know, like 1%. Yeah. I'll I'll take it. I'm 1%. Yeah. And they can take something from this. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm content. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Anything else after that is a bonus for me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, praise to everybody who listens. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's another form of contentment. You know what I mean? Like when you're when you're starting to build whatever it is that you're building and you're no longer building it with the idea of 
what people think as a result. I don't know if I made sense when I said that, but it's pretty much like when you're just building and you're not looking around as to who's gratifying you or who's complimenting you. If you can just build and know that you're building and your expression is coming out of that and you're going to look up and you're going to see a whole crowd and you're gonna be like, yo, when the fuck did these people get here? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't even know y'all were watching, but cool. Like, I'm gonna keep going. You know, it's like, that's a whole different level. But when you're constantly just like, I guess, clout surfing, searching, it's, that's when it doesn't, it seems impure. It seems so diluted. Yeah. And it seems like now you can't help but to get influence and your work is now being influenced from what you think is popping, what you think is trending. And now you're going to be just washed in with the rest of them. Like there's nothing that picks you out from the, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. I, I, I understand that completely because I, you know, I went through a whole period of time without like Social media, you know, I went through a whole time without social media. And so I had my own experiences. And then once I got back on social media, I'm like, hmm, you know, like people do this to really get attention. Mm -hmm. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't need to do that. That's not what Mm -hmm. I want to do. I want to express myself. If y'all want to listen, it's there. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's what, that's what causes, that's what helps you stay you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I do that too. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I legit thought about just, turning off all like of my social media accounts and just popping back up once like I opened up my little studio just to be like, hi bitches, I'm back. But um, because sometimes I feel like you need a detox like everything. You need to detox mm. your mind. Like you need to detox like your habits. You know what I mean? And it's funny that we bring that up because I was talking to, um, don't worry, I wasn't talking to a coach. At least I don't think. But oh, okay. yeah, not this time around, but maybe the next example that I give, it might be a coach. Mm. But um, I was talking to my cousin and um, because he was asking about how like how the past auditions went and I was just explaining to him like I just feel so encouraged like I'm so excited yada yada and I was explaining to him um, I said I think I got so fixated on what my success had to look like because of what my audience expects that I stopped realizing that I control my own success and so pretty much I forgot that I was even wanting to open up my studio. I forgot that I was so close to opening up, opening it up because I got so focused on like, well, I got to get these auditions and I got to get seen and I got to be on here and I got to be on the show and I got to get broadcast. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's the only way, but it's like, no, you know what I mean? It's like what success looks like for me is me running my own business and me being able to coach so that somebody else can get encouraged to go on the same show. You know what I mean? That is a success for me. That is Mm -hmm. what I see as success. And I could literally, you could literally be a celebrity, but you could have nothing, you know? So it's like, I would much rather have everything that I was wanting and not have a verified check mark on my fucking account. Yeah, it's, you know, a, it's, 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 it's a whole different type of influence. Yes. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm influencing streetwear. I'm influencing, like, what people think, you know, act, whatever. For me, it's just influencing more into knowledge than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went, you know, I went, I came from, like, a, diff- a different background, really rough. Mm-hmm. So knowledge wasn't a big thing. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, if somebody gave me the knowledge. Now I'm willing to share that knowledge mm-hmm. as well to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's success for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I know owning my own business someday, forget about it. That's my own success. Yeah, exactly. That's the cherry on top. Absolutely. Yeah. I think 
you know, people are afraid of, and I feel like you and I could possibly share this in a way of like the old school mentality. A lot of times they're brought up in like too much knowledge is silly. You know, you just go to work, clock in, clock out, pay the bills, you know, be with your family, you know, and not saying that that's bad, but that's not the only way to do it. You know, it's a probably a safer way to do it, but it doesn't mean that you'll be happy doing it, Absolutely. you know, and it doesn't mean that you'll give a hundred percent doing it. And if you're not giving your hundred percent, then you're probably never going to get promoted because you're half-assing it because you don't actually love it, you know? And so I feel like being able to get out of your comfort zone and being able to give yourself no other option but to succeed because you love it. You love it so much. You know what I mean? Like I always tell people, don't choose something just because you think it's secure or just because you think you're going to get paid because you could be a lawyer, but you could suck at it Mm. and no one could book you. You know Absolutely. what I mean? You could be a political attorney, but you could suck at it and no politicians are going to use you, you know? So it's like, what's the point, you know? But if you love something, fuck, you could be crocheting baskets, but you could be so damn good at it yeah. that like people are going to be like, I want that bitch to give me a basket, you know? And it's like, you could be selling them at like a hundred a pop because you're literally just like crocheting the shit out of it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because you're just like, I love this shit, you know? And so it's like, it sounds silly. Like again, the whole cliche thing, like go do what you love, but it's so true. Like go do what you love. And if you fuck up doing the first thing that you thought you love and you realize you don't love it because you realize that you don't have enough love to do it, that's okay. You can change and figure out something else you love to do because we probably live until we're like 80. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I definitely, I definitely feel for you on that one because that's something that I recently just like touched on is, you know, I want to be able to do what I love mm-hmm. full time. I don't, you know, I want to be able to do what I love, spend time with my family, even heck, spend more time with my family, put myself in a position where, you know, I don't have to worry, you know, mm-hmm. go to work nine to five, come home to my family, it's cool. Right. You know, it works for people. Mm-hmm. For me, that's not it. For me, you know, I not only want to affect my family, I want to affect other people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want to you know kind of spread my roots out yeah you know and, absolutely and it, i that's something that i appreciate from you because i see it in you as well so i it's it, you know it's a quality that you know that you know that attracts our friendship and yeah really we mesh together and we're like you know let's let's get to work yeah absolutely well i think it's important to be around people that don't make you feel abnormal for not wanting to be normal You know what I mean? I think it's, I feel like people want us to all be within the same nook of things to make them feel more comfortable, maybe because their own insecurities of them not knowing how to branch out and be uncomfortable. It's another cliche thing where everyone's like, get out of your comfort zone, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's in like relationships, you know, where sometimes being too comfortable in a relationship could be a bad thing. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying like everyone has to go leave their partners, but it's like, you know, if it's becoming something where it's like neither one is um, uplifting one another, you know, it's only best, you know what I mean? And vice versa. If, if you're wanting to work it out, then I think it's making the choice of making yourself feel uncomfortable. And instead of thinking of yourself, it's like, okay, even though I know this person doesn't deserve it, how do I make them feel better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I have to do that all the time. Cause I'm like, 
I'd be thinking about my husband. I'm like, yo, he pissed me the fuck off. But I'm like, okay, how am I going to make him happy right now? Like, you know, and so it's like, I think when we can stop like focusing on just like the things that are making us unhappy, then we can start to focus on the things that matter. And I think that starts to influence everything we do, like our work and our creative side, our, our nine to five job, our friendship, our circle, you know what I mean? Like even just being excited to wake up in the morning, like too many people are so upset about waking up in the morning. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, and they're like, why is today shitty? I'm like, well, cause you woke up upset, bitch. Like, <laughs> no, it's the clouds. I, I blame the clouds. I know. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, well, maybe you should choose to not be upset. Like, absolutely. you know, but I don't know. I feel like I, I, life could be so much more enjoyable and so much more simple if we actually made the choices to make it something for us to enjoy, you know? We are the masters. We are the masters of our own world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, hence why when I was saying, you know, I probably was the one, I was the one that destroyed myself a lot, you know, and that's what caused me to write the book. You know, at first I thought I was writing about, you know, boys that hurt my heart and all that stuff. But in reality, I ended up writing, you know, how I fucking hurt my heart and like how I just invited people to rub alcohol on the wounds. You know what I mean? And so it's like a lot of times when people are like, oh, I attract assholes or, oh, like I attract bitches and hoes. It's like, no, like you choose them. Like you're the one that probably, you know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. said, hi back, bitch. Like what? You gave that person your number. Like you could have been like, nah, it's cool. Thanks. Like, or nah, not tonight. It's cool. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm like, you slid on that bitch's DMs. <laughs> like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He's, the guys are like, oh, I don't like it. You know, only hoes like me. It's like, motherfucker, like, you liked like 15 of her photos in a row. Like, what do you think she was going to do? Like, not yeah, say you hi? you yourself available on that one, buddy. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, we are seriously, we're in, we're in more in control than what we think. And it's it boggles me because I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so much depression over people like thinking that they don't have enough control. And it's like, you do. You do. <laughs> do you like, think that's like from people trying to seek validation from other people? I don't even. <sighs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it kind of makes them feel good about themselves. Like, really uplifting for them. Like when they do stupid shit? Yeah. I mean, I guess, but I think that's a very sick way of finding validation. I think, I think people just don't want to take responsibility for themselves. Like, honestly, I think that's what it is. Like, I was watching this movie and I was like, yo, that is so true. And it was just a movie, but um, it was Don't Breathe. So it's like a scary movie suspense type thing, but it's a really good movie. And um, the guy, so he like, takes this girl in the hostage, right? As a hostage. And the girl's like screaming. And she's like, you can't do this. Like, oh, and he says, um, I'm probably going to like butcher it a little bit, but he says, um, you can do anything when you realize you can do anything when you choose to believe that God doesn't exist. And it's like that, that statement is so real on so many levels, because I feel like people decide to choose that morality isn't real. I think so many people decide to choose that consequences aren't real. So many people decide to choose that, um, it doesn't matter if they do something when it's like, it does matter if you cheat and you get caught, there's consequences. If you cheat and you get an STD, that's your fucking fault. If you steal at your job and you get caught, that's your fucking fault. If you are smoking cigarettes all the time and you get sick, that's your fucking fault. Like, you know what I mean? It's like no one else told you to go do these things. You know what I mean? And they try to blame other reasons why, like, well, this and that. And it's like, 
No, like you're unhappy because you're unhappy and you can't find it in yourself to just choose to be fucking happy because you're too busy feeling sorry for yourself. You're not successful because you don't want to be successful. You're not in a relationship because you don't want to be in a relationship because you're selfish. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, so I don't even think it's a validation thing. I think it's that people are just so like me, 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 me. Oh my gosh. Like, I just don't do it for me. And it's like, no, no. Like, you know, but it's like, God forbid you call them out on it because all of a sudden they find balls to say some shit. And it's like, well, where are your balls to like go do something different? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's just so true. Like, it is. It, it, it is very true. Because I, I, as you say, I'm thinking this in areas in my head. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let that know they're being, they're being an asshole. <laughs> Yes. Like, so I don't, I think it's really just that. I think people are just, they're just lazy. You know, we're lazy. We're entitled. We have everything in the world. We do. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna like, just put myself out there. So I was in jail. Right. And the other night I was washing my hair and I don't wash my hair often because, well, I just don't, because, you know, it's not good to, for you to wash your hair a lot, whatever. So I was like, and also have, you know, a one-year-old. So you know, my husband's downstairs. He's taking care of my daughter. And I'm like, oh my God, fuck yeah. Like I'm exfoliate my scalp. It was, it was those type of showers. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, mm, scrubbing my scalp. I'm like conditioner. Like, let's do this shit in there for like an hour. And I'm outside. I'm like in the mirror and I'm like, ooh, I'm putting the cream in my hair. And all of a sudden, I just like, I just got a flashback of, like, of when I was in jail. And like, I just felt so fucking thankful. I was like, I just exfoliated my scalp like any minute. I like, cause you know, when I went to jail, I didn't know that the next day I was going to be in jail. You know what I mean? And so it was like, oh my God, like I'm so fucking thankful because I have so much around me. I have like a fucking electrical toothbrush, you know, that needs a fucking charger. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I have like an exfoliator for my scalp, you know? Is it it one of those like vibrator, like it looks like a comb and you just like- Oh yes. And you just like scrub the shit out of it. Yes. (laughs) Oh yes. I need that. Cause my scalp, like I bleached my hair and it got my scalp so dry. Anyways, bitches, if you guys are listening, don't bleach your hair. But um, yeah. And I was just like, I'm just like, oh, I'm so thankful. And I feel like we forget how quickly things can change based on our decisions. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like that that same thing where it's like your own choices are your are a reflection of your consequences. And yes, life happens where things just kind of hit you sideways and just, it really is not your fault. But a lot of times when you really think about it, it's like how many of the things were really your fault? Like how many of the things were you the common denominator? Penability. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like it's easier for people to just not think about that. You know, like it's easier for people to just be like, oh my God, like. I'm going to blame the world. Yes. Like forget about that. You know what I mean? But it's like when you start to really just like appreciate the good things and maybe that will be the start of you being more happy or making better decisions or treating someone else better or, you know what I mean? Just like little things like that. And so I don't know, but. Do you think, Dindi, so do you think faith helped you find that? A lot, like a lot of the things, like put things a lot in perspective for you. Oh, yeah. So. I feel, oh, absolutely. You know, I feel like faith did everything for me. Um, I'm going to cry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was, re- see, for me, it's like, and I, I like to tell this to people because I feel like sometimes people like expect people that believe in God to be like pastor's daughters and stuff like Like there's just a stereotype, you know what I mean? And granted, I have friends that are like, pastor's daughters that I love. They're beautiful people. And I need people like that in my life because they kind of, 
they they uh, wipe the edge off of me a little bit. You know what I mean? And I need that because I, sometimes I get too much edge, you know? And so I need somebody like that. But then I feel like, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm this amazing example, but I feel like some people need somebody like me too. Some people need somebody that has a fucked up slate. Somebody like somebody needs somebody that doesn't look like a pastor's daughter. You know what I mean? And that was something that was hard for me because being in youth group and stuff like that. I mean, I got tattoos at 18. Like I moved at 19. Like I was drinking. Like, you know what I mean? I was doing everything. I, I, I lost my virginity before I was married. Like, you know, so it's like now that I'm so like I'm speaking about God, it's like one, it's not that I'm a hypocrite. It's that I understand that God loves imperfect people and he needs imperfect people to be an example to other people because how many perfect people are there on this planet? None. Settle. Zero. Settle. You know what I mean? So it's like, how is like, what kind of God is that to make an example of only perfect people? Like, okay, so then we're fucked, you know? So it's like, no, he needs somebody who somebody else is going to be able to relate to, you know? And so I feel like for me, like faith was everything. I mean, I got baptized as a junior in high school and I didn't realize what it was. I didn't understand conviction. I didn't understand forgiveness. I didn't understand the true relationship of with God. So then I got rebaptized about a year ago because I felt like I, I get it now. I get what I'm protecting now. You know, before it was like, oh, I was on this high where I was like, yo, I love him. He's awesome. God, he makes me feel safe. You know what I mean? And he did. But I didn't realize what type of commitment I was getting myself into, you know? And so that's also why I wrote about it because I felt like so many people think like once you get baptized, it's all butterflies and rainbows. And it's like, no, if anything, hell fucking comes out like a bullet, like, you know, like just like a fucking bull. And it's just like ramming into you and you're like, oh my God, you're like, God, what's going on? Like I just gave my life to you. Like, you know what I mean? And you're just like, it's like sex and alcohol and drugs and oh my God and adultery and all this stuff. And it's like, no, like, you know? And so it's like, it's, it, it changed everything for me. I mean, I remember literally it was like 1am and I remember sitting in the parking lot in Florida in front of Gold's Gym, which I guess is now EOS everywhere. But, and I seriously, I didn't even get out to go work out. I just like screamed and I was like, God, I don't know what the fuck you want from me. Like, and I was just so angry. I was so, so it's like, I feel like people need to know, like you can be angry and still believe. You know what I mean? Like you can be upset. Like you have to let that shit out. You know, and it's like, it's it doesn't all have to be rainbows and butterflies. Like it's a relationship, just like it's relationship with your partner. Like you're going to go through shit, but it's like, it's coming out of the storm. You know, it's, it's easy to love an easy person. It's easy to love an easy life. It's easy to make easy decisions. It's not easy to say someone that you'd like to fuck. You know what I mean? It's mm. not easy to see somebody you're attracted to, but you have your girl right next to you. You know what I mean? But it's a damn good accomplishment when you're just like, no, fuck that. Like I got something good right here. You know what I mean? It's, it's not easy to say the truth when you know you want to lie. You know? So it's like, that's what builds the relationship. I'm not at all saying like all relationships have to be toxic. I'm just saying like, that's what it is, you know? And, and I think that's what's so important is understanding like God is a loving God. You know what I mean? And when you got that faith, it's like you're telling the world, like bring it the fuck on because it's cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm gonna get through this shit. You know what I mean? And that's, that's really what it is. Like, and I feel like I would be more crazy if I didn't have my faith. I would, I would still be in jail. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, I would still be there right now. Okay. <laughs> no shower scalp or anything yes, like that. Yes. Huh? No exfoliator no on exfoliator. my scalp. Like I would be drinking from the sink, which I did do that. I drank from the sink in like the public restrooms there. It was fucking disgusting. 
It was yeah. horrible. I hated it. It was. Now, I've experienced jello here in the states, but in Mexico, I have. And that yeah. sounds even worse, probably, than what I was like through. I You're mean, like, I drank from the toilet. <laughs> personally, I didn't touch anything. It was really hard. I was like so hungover. I had to drink something. It was horrible. I that was I got a double extreme DUI. It was really bad. Yeah. It was like they dropped the charges of a lot of it though, but it was like a government destruction of government property, um, auto theft, and then of course the DUI. Yeah, it was really bad. So I needed water severely. Yeah, it it didn't matter if it was off the Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was like, I need water now. Yeah, it was horrendous. It was so sad. So I just want to ask you something. Um, I want you to tell the audience, whoever listens to it, Mm -hmm. you know, something... Person like not personal, but something you know, some some sort of advice, some sort of advice, some sort of word of wisdom from you, from your experiences okay. that you can give currently right now. Okay. Um. So it's probably gonna seem like again like overrated, but if you can get through today and tomorrow, then you're giving yourself the opportunity to meet what is available to you in the future. And if you can imagine something in the future, like let's say you're picturing a family or you're picturing marriage or you're picturing, I don't know, you're maybe in jail right now. You know what I mean? If you can still have the ability to picture that, then that means you deserve to at least get through today and all the tomorrows because the future is still going to come. You know, and I think if you can remind yourself that, then you probably won't feel so uh, hopeless. I think people forget to continue hope and to continue thinking of the future. It's what keeps us waking up in the morning. Otherwise, we'd all just kill ourselves. Was that a little morbid? No, you're fine. Okay. But it's true. You know, like I think people forget they're scared to think about what could possibly come because they're more afraid of not ever achieving it, but it's like, you should be more afraid of not trying to achieve it. Also, it's kind of like, you know, you fail all the attempts you don't shoot at something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just go, go ahead and do what you want to do. Yeah. And if you can't do it for you, then do it for your kids or do it for your future kids because it's going to be so worth it. Absolutely. And so with that being said. With that being said. Anything else you want to talk about? It's Ari Lex in the motherfucking house. All right. And with that, I think... We'll wrap it up. Yay. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, you are Chopping with Screw. And today you were hearing Ari Lex, Ariel Aviles. You can also find my podcast, Blue Makes Me Pink. You know what I'm saying? Catch us next time.